what's up everybody i cannot believe i'm back i'm back i'm back i'm back honey i'm back after a long hiatus i know i know y'all probably forgot about me y'all probably forgot about the podcast i know i know me too um covid is taking a toll it's taking a toll um racial injustice is taking a toll um trying to keep up has really taken a toll and I really just have not found the time to um prioritize this podcast and it really sucks because I'm really you know passionate about it and I really do love it I just it's been a lot y'all I I know you guys know um but I really did want to come back you know and and make a full will come back you know I, I also realized that the weekly uploads were not practical for me especially in this time it's just not practical and so I'm thinking about you know um bi-monthly you know every other Friday um or once a month um but we'll, we'll get there when we get there but I just want y'all to know thank you so much for still tuning in my views are still going up honey you know anchor is sending me little little coins they still cutting checks so i really appreciate you guys for for still listening um and for still being open today's episode i wanted to call um imposter syndrome are you really worthy and um i know that imposter syndrome is is something that i have struggled with i didn't really know it had a name (laughs) And, um, you know, that actually made me feel a little bit better because I realized, okay, if it got a name, then it's not just me. Right. So I, I did some reading on it and, and, um, I'm sure you guys have seen it also, you know, for some reason, I guess, you know, this climate or whatever, making its waves on social media. Um, I really did want to talk about it. I really did want to touch on it. I know it's something that a lot of, uh, young people struggle with, um, particularly twenties and thirties, just this like the real final coming of age you know like the, the the final coming of age you know the second coming and uh so the advent <laughs> and so I really just wanted to to talk about it and to touch on it um I wanted to talk just get into it in general right what does it look like for different people what causes it how can we overcome it and I really hope that somebody takes this message with them today and that and that they really can apply it to their lives it's really important you know, to, uh, to know that you're worthy. Um, I also wanted to, to let y'all know we reducing the episodes, honey, because although I got a lot to say, we gonna cut it down. So we gonna get into some 15 minute episodes. And so, you know, this may turn into a part one, part two. I'm hoping it'll be part two, because I think that there's so much to cover. I really don't want to miss anything. Um, but without further ado, we're already three minutes in the intro. Let's get started. So, I want to talk about imposter syndrome. I'm going to be reading an excerpt from Psychology Today, per usual. If you guys wanted to research yourself, I really do encourage that. This is what I'm reading from Psychology Today. Um, it says, people who struggle with imposter syndrome believe that they are undeserving of their achievements and the high esteem in which they are, in fact, generally held. They feel that they aren't as competent or intelligent as others might think, and that soon enough people will discover the truth about them. Those with imposter syndrome are often well accomplished. They may hold high office or have numeric, uh, I'm sorry, numerous academic degrees. 
It then goes on to say that personality traits largely derive imposter syndrome. Those who experience this struggle with self-efficiency, perfectionism, and neuroticism. Competitive environments can also lay the groundwork. For example, many people who go on to develop feelings of imposter syndrome have faced intense pressure about academic achievement from their parents in childhood. It also talks a lot about... Um, well, not a lot, but, but it does talk about how many, you know, the, the stats of it. So 25 to 30% of high achievers may suffer from it. 70% of adults may experience it, research suggests. Um, and the triggers include, you know, maybe getting a lot of attention, being promoted, etc. Just any attention on what you feel like you do not deserve. So with that being said, I want to talk about the subgroups that they mentioned because I think that those are very important to this story. So I myself am a perfectionist, 100%. Um, It's not as admirable as it may sound to others. Um, It's extremely debilitating is what it is, right? Because I can do something 100% perfectly or I feel as though perfectly and, and good enough or I do nothing at all because I would rather do nothing than do something that I don't feel is good enough. And as although that sounds admirable, like, wow, this person really only puts their best foot forward, it is extremely debilitating. And it's extremely um, irritating uh, for me even, um, but then for the people around me, because then I, I kind of just can't be a gray person. You know, everything is black or white. And I think there's a time and place for gray. But as a perfectionist, it's kind of hard to meet the gray. And so I could absolutely see if maybe you had to do something right out of your comfort zone, maybe for school or maybe for work, and you did it and you didn't feel that it was to the best of your ability, and then you still got rewarded for it. I could absolutely see as a perfectionist how I would feel um, that I'm undeserving. I actually have felt that way. So that does make sense to me. But another subgroup I wanted to point out was the group of people they talked about who have experienced um, pressure in regards to academic achievement. And I want to talk about that, right? And I I don't want to overlook that group of of people because that's a big burden to bear. But I want to make it known that academic achievement is just a variable, right? That's the interchangeable variable. Our parents, our caregivers, our caretakers, our guardians, They play a larger role than I think a lot of us would like to admit. And I think a larger role than a lot of them understand. And so academic achievement is just a variable. But there are plenty of ways in which those people can make you feel inadequate and make you feel like you are what you produce. Because ultimately, that's that's what they're saying. If your academic achievement is prided and and uplifted um, over your character, over your feelings, over your emotions, over your likes and dislikes. If that is the most important thing about you, ultimately what they're saying is what you are producing for me, for yourself, but for me, is more important than who you are as a person. And so, like I said, that's an interchangeable variable. I really feel like guardians, parents, caretakers can make you feel that way about multiple things. That being said, though, I think academic achievement is a good place to give an example because a lot of times I think that people who struggle with academic achievement being their burden to bear between 
them and the way they feel about themselves and their relationship with themselves and and their parents. I think a lot of times people think that what the academic achievement burden is saying is if you produce this X, Y, and Z, I'll think that you're good. I'll think that you're smart. I'll think that you're worthy. I think that's true. But I think the, the, the component that we're missing is what it's also ultimately saying, especially to a young child or a young adult, um, it's saying, I value X, Y, and Z. So in this case, academic achievement, I value this thing more than you, right? I value what you can do for me more than you. So then ultimately, you feel as though you are not a value unless you can produce X, Y, and Z, which ultimately means that unless I'm constantly overproducing this thing that a lot of times I don't want to produce, I'm invaluable. And so then you see yourself as, as the being, as the spirit, as the body, as the soul, as this person, as invaluable. I'm not valuable, right? So what does that do to you? If you go around thinking, maybe I'm not, you know, as comfortable, comfortable or confident or, you know, I don't like school the way that my parents want me to. I don't like it the way my peers do. I don't like it the way that they think I should, you know, or I'm not comfortable. Ultimately, then what does that drive you to feel? That drives you to feel as though I am value. I'm not a value. I'm worthless, right? So how does that show up in imposter syndrome? You know what I'm saying? Because then, you know, uh, psychology today is, is talking more so about tangible things, right? They're talking about getting degrees. They're talking about getting awards. They're talking about being recognized at work and maybe getting a, a, a plaque. When you receive these tangible things, you feel as though you're not worthy of them. But let's talk about the intangible, right? Because I don't think it, it doesn't make sense that if you felt unworthy, you would only feel unworthy while receiving a piece of paper, right? That's an in, that's 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 internal. That's that's how you are feeling in general. So so what does that look like? That looks like, well, I don't feel worthy of love, right? I don't feel worthy of respect. I don't feel worthy of kindness or forgiveness. I don't feel worthy of these things. And so then it ultimately can play a huge role in friendships as well as relationships, as well as, you know, work relationships, any type of relationship, any interaction that you have to have with other people. And relationships also are within you, right? So you and you, how you feel about yourself, that also plays a role. Of course, it plays a role because it plays a role in how you deal with others. However, it's important to note it doesn't just come out in other relationships. You know what I'm saying? Because whatever. No, it comes out in other relationships because that's how you and you, when you deal with you in the mirror, that's how you feel about you. So I do want to say one thing that I've noticed about a generation, which I think is pretty cool, is we've kind of gone against the grain right in 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 regards to what it looks like to live a typical life um you know typically at least in american cultures um you know you as a woman married pretty young 
as a guy, you know, you got your options, but you usually married as well. And you had a child and you guys had a home. You know, the woman did quote unquote woman work and the man did quote unquote men's work. The woman cooked the meals. The woman took care of the home. The man went to bed, etc. Well, now I see a lot of women who are saying, I don't want to be married. I think a lot of women who are becoming mothers that I think Gabrielle Union was 49, something like that, 48, something like that. I'm seeing a lot of people, men and women, deciding to push the boundary and say, wait, there is no box that my life has to fit in. There's no line that my line ha- that my life has to fall on, right? We're not robots, you know? I am not just a, a product, but I am a living, breathing being who sees and feels and is intuitive and hears and knows. And I know what's best for me. I know what's best for my body. I know what's best for my spirit and soul. And my spirit and soul is saying, I don't want to take this path. This is not the path for me. I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think though, I think our burden to bear is this these heavy levels of imposter syndrome. Not to say that people don't experience it who come from a more, you know, um, typical or 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 generation where everybody was, was kind of doing the same thing. Not to say people didn't experience it, but what I'm saying is it seems to me across the barriers because now everybody is doing what seems to be not on the same path, but we still live in the same, you know, um, white male anglo-saxon christian dominated society it almost produces i feel like in higher amounts now mind you i wasn't born before so i can't tell you before but i'll tell you something that i see a lot in my generation the fear of how do i know i'm doing this right how do i know i'm doing this right right how do i know that i'm doing this in a way that that will allow me to be worthy of receiving what i'm looking to receive you know, how do I know that I'm good enough? Because there's not really, there's not really a, 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 um, a goal anymore, right? There's no common goal to look at. In, in past generations, the goal was married, children, home. That's it. You didn't have to be happy. You didn't have to be spiritually fulfilled. You just had to have those things checked off the list. Once you have those things checked off the list, that was it. Now, if you as an as an individual were intuitive, you know, and, and emotionally inclined and you felt as though you were missing something that's different. But in, in regards to society's standards, you had already met the mark. So in, in, career wise, you know, maybe you were feeling not as worthy or not as useful or not as purposeful, but not because not feeling, you know, you weren't feeling as though you met a mark if you met that mark. Well, now it's kind of like we don't got no mark. <laughs> we don't have no mark. So what do I know? How do I know that what I'm doing is the right thing? How do I know that what I'm looking is the right way? How do I know that what I'm working to achieve is what's good for me or that I'm worthy of it, that I deserve it? How do I know that this thing that's not happening for me overnight, you know, me trying to be a fashion designer, something I've never seen anybody in my family do. How do I know that this thing is, is good and that I'm worthy of it, Right. Me, me dropping out of, out of college and deciding to do something freelance. How do I know that this thing is good for me? And how do I know I'm worthy of it? Not worthy of the freelance, worthy of the good thing. Because that would be my good thing. 
this would be my this would be my good thing this is what I want for myself this is what would make me feel good how do I know I'm worthy of that good thing right if I was doing what was 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 correct according to society I don't feel like there if we were doing it you know in the old ways I don't feel like there would be as much as a, of a tussle and a struggle because all you have to do is check the marks off the box but what if there's no boxes to check <laughs> what if there's no boxes to check what if you're just doing it what if you're just doing it and hoping right that that can cause imposter syndrome too because not only am I not doing things a traditional way, most of my peers aren't either, but not only am I not doing things a traditional way, but then I still have this feeling of inadequacy that was instilled in me. And at least if I was doing it a traditional way, I would feel some level of worthiness because I know that I checked the boxes I was supposed to check. So when we sit and we think about where we were told who told you who showed you that you were unlovable that you were unworthy that you weren't beautiful that you weren't smart or helpful or kind who showed you that who told you that i keep saying show because in my household i'm a plus size girl and i was never told that i was fat i was never told anything negative about my appearance ever i never was felt I never felt bad about myself in my in my entire family, not just my household. I never felt bad about myself. So it wasn't that I was told verbally, but I was shown through media, through the commercials, through magazines. You know, I'm a fashion girl. I'm looking at magazines all the time. I'm watching commercials all the time. I'm looking at YouTube all the time. I was shown by the images that were that were fed to me. And so sometimes we're not even fed things because of we're not even sometimes we're not even fed things verbally it's spiritually it's emotionally you're in tune you know what they're saying i know what they were saying without saying it to me you know what i'm saying a big black girl was not going to be on the cover of maybelline i knew that they didn't have to say it verbatim you know i'm not, I'm not repeating it verbatim i knew that so who told you that who told you that you know i then had an ex tell me or, or this oops i'm getting myself a trouble on yeah <laughs> but i had somebody tell me you if, if you want to go to new york for fashion you know you gotta lose weight you know you have to do that first right but i also was fed that by the media so much I wasn't really offended by hearing that. Usually you would be offended by hearing it from somebody. I wasn't because I kind of knew it, right? Now I changed my career goal and I changed my path and not to, you know, not because of anybody else. Thank the Lord. I wasn't persuaded by that. I was persuaded by my interest, but I, I, I knew, I knew what I was seen as. And so it's taken a lot of unlearning, a lot of rewiring, a lot of putting together right for me to figure out who i am without what i can give right that people want it has to be what i can give that people want so maybe i can't give you know butt ball naked looks in a size two i can't give that 
Am I still worthy of good things? Am I still worthy of being told I'm pretty? Absolutely. You know? And so maybe you you can't give, you know, graduating from college. Maybe you can't give graduating from high school. Maybe you can't give graduating from elementary school. You know what I'm saying? My grandfather had a seventh grade education and was still, you know, a father, a provider, a, a husband. So, so was he still smart in other things? You know, he still took care of a house. He still, he still took care of a home. You know what I'm saying? He still understood life. Did that mean that because he couldn't give this degree to these people who he wanted a job for, that he wasn't smart? No. So I want to really implore you to, to, to dig deep and to think, who told me, who showed me I was not worthy of the things that I want, but I'm too scared to receive and accept? Who told me that? I think once you get to who told you that, you can you can get to, well, why did they tell me that? And then you can get to, oh, okay, well, that's not true. <laughs> but a lot of times we walk around thinking that these feelings are our own. And my, my therapist told me a lot of the voices that we hear are voices we internalize. Voices of people that we have connected with, especially through younger ages. Um, voices that we've internalized. And so a lot of the thoughts you're thinking are not really, you know, necessarily the thoughts that you were born with, right? As children, we're fearless. We think we can do anything. So are they really your voices or, or, or are they the voices of those who have had influence on you more than you thought? Think about that. And then when you realize it's not your voice, then it makes you get a little mad. <laughs> it's going to make you a little mad. Because now you realize you take it to my space up in my brain. I got to figure out what I think. I got to figure out what I think. So I think that's the first step to combating imposter syndrome. So with that being said, you know, I I, I want to wrap up this episode. I told you I was going to keep it short. It's a little over 15 minutes, but under 25. Um, I want to do a part two. We're going to do a part two. After we sit and, and, and think about what voices are these? Who told me this? Who showed me this? I think that we then we can really get to the healing that needs to take place. So thank you guys for tuning in. You know, I'm very grateful for the continued support um, throughout my little hiatus. Uh, but we're back and we're back and better and we're back on track. So I want you guys to really take, you know, what was given in this week's episode and really sit with it and think about it. So the next time we can come back and we can dive a little bit deeper. And ultimately we can, you know, find a road, find a road to begin realizing yes i am worthy absolutely all right y'all well per usual stay up stay blessed and stay in girl folks business bye